Welcome back to the new age of risk analytics. This episode will be the first in our two-part series on the topic of model risk management. In this episode, we speak with model risk management expert, Sonia Sodi. Hello and welcome again to the New Age of Risk Analytics podcast. This is Delisa White and I'm talking with Sonia Sodi. We're talking today about uh, model risk management. Sonia just gave an excellent presentation at the SAS Global Forum. We'd like to share some of the insights from that presentation. So Sonia has a long experience. We just wanted to clarify that you're speaking from the breadth of your experience and from your own personal point of view and not for the organization for which you currently work. I, I can explain why I say so, especially because when you are in model risk management business, uh, it's it can be a bit tricky because uh, there is regulations and other things, compliance parts. So that's why I uh, refrain from uh, representing any of my current or previous employees. It's all my experience. And I think that's most important is to share the knowledge and get to uh, the subject to help the subject grow. So that's what I am here for. Today, you were talking about model risk management. And our audience comes from all elements of risk management, and they come from a variety of industries as well. So, and very often they move in and out of risk and the business lines. So sometimes somebody moves into the risk arena and they come from an ERM background or an operational risk background, and then suddenly they're tasked with overseeing elements that include model risk management for the benefit of those people who are moving into a sphere where this has to become part of their consciousness. Can we talk a little bit about what do you mean when you say a model? How does that differ from just a tool? Yeah. What is a model? I think what is a model is should let's keep it very simple rather than very complicated. When you are using uh, data to create an outcome and when there is an element of uncertainty, when there is an element of estimation, when you estimate something, when you predict something, that and when it is a repeated estimation based on a underlying, that's a model because that to me, is the definition of model. Of course, SR 11.7 has a definition also that is in line with this, that if you have an input and you have an output and you are using quantitative methods to do the processing to generate the output, and that's a model. And these quantitative methods are mainly statistical or uh, mathematical uh, theories that can help you to estimate and or predict. What is this prediction used for? It is used for basically portfolio optimization, prediction of profit and loss, capital 
reserves that you need to keep so those that, that is what is usage but there are more usage of the models it can be used for various other decision making within the bank i think that was your probably a follow up question that you wanted to ask is it yes yes so please go ahead <laughs> yeah so it is basically that uh, when the models uh, what the models are used for models should be now considered as a game changer for the transformation of the ba- uh, financial world not just banking world because the models can help to uh, take better decisions if you have developed them well if you have developed them to make decision making uh, more uh, prudent and help to create revenue enhancements and reduce your uh, risk that is what is the uh, usage of models. Absolutely. Can you illuminate a little bit for our audience whose focus is going to be on risk? Although, you know, I think risk in general is evolving to be not just, um, you know, a risk management, but also opportunity um, and value add optimization. But what are the ways that models really approach reducing the risk for a financial institution? Yeah, I think uh, there are various parts where model models are currently being used. And I see more avenues where models will be used in future. Uh, let's take an example of where models are currently being used to assess the adequacy of the capital requirements. Now, when you assess the adequacy of a capital requirement for a portfolio, then eventually you are uh, in uh, giving uh, a decision how much capital you should uh, underlying portfolio should have, and thereby, if you you are uh, helping to have the portfolio optimization and take a necessary um, decision with regard to uh, a a conscious decision, I would say, even a a calculated decision rather than what should be there. So thereby you have reduced the risk that you have from a particular model. Thank you. Thank you very, very much for that. Now, what is when people talk about model risk, they're talking specifically about the risks that are introduced by the use of models. So can can you illuminate for us what those are? I think it is not just the use of the model, but there are various sources of model risk. And one could be the data that has been used for uh, the model uh, itself. Uh, there, is, there are underlying uncertainties in the methodologies that have been used for the model. Uh, example, it could be uh, a standard uh, error of regression, which it, which we all know has uh, certain uncertainties introduced due to that. So, uh, and also, a model has been, like you said, uh, it was designed for something, but it has been used for a different purpose. Yes, it can happen if it has not been documented well that this model was to be used for, let's say, and I used a cartoon actually on my slide for that, that if a model has been used, designed for yearly estimates and you started using it for monthly estimates, those kind of things. Yeah, it can happen, you know. So it's better to always have a clear documentation, clear purpose of your models well evidenced. Thank you. Thank you very much. How do you manage 
the model risk? What's what are the, some of the approaches that you found in your experience that 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 really help manage those potential elements? Well, I think the most important uh, thing about uh, managing model risk uh, industry is still go is in the evolutionary phase where you really go to an aggregate level at organization to manage model risk. To reach that level, you really need to set up a good model risk management framework enabled by a model risk management platform which helps you to ensure that the policies and the framework that you have established to manage the model risk are actually uh, adhered across the organization and that's the basic foundation you need to do before you start managing model risk. Uh, I think the industry is still uh, learning on that subject and uh, it has to be evolved, but it has to be through, throughout the life cycle of the models. How, how does this intersect with regulators and regulations? Are there regulations around model risk management? There are, I think, uh, both in states and in uh, um, Europe, there are regulations. ECB uh, came up with a general topics chapter last year, and uh, there they have told the institutions to implement a model risk management framework, which covers uh, policy register, uh, an inventory, uh, guidelines for qualitative aspects of model risk, how you are going to measure that, and the methodologies for assessment and measurement of model risk. So there are regulations and it's now time uh, institutions have to cater for these regulations, including defining procedures for model risk management reporting. Okay. Can you give us an example of what some of the negative consequences could be of of a failure in model risk management? Is there a use case that you can give us? Oh, there is actually, uh, yeah, indeed, of course, if you fail to manage model risk, you can easily come up with uh, a model which was uh, used uh, while it was designed for something else or in a very different uh, convocation, I can say that what could happen is that uh, you have an incorrect outcome uh, of the uh, capital requirement and uh, you thereby take a wrong decision which can put your financial institution at a great risk. Now this kind of uh, scenario uh, where you have taken a wrong decision while the whole purpose of the models was to help you to take the right, right. decision. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's why you need uh, risk management. Absolutely. Can you give us an example of where this has gone wrong? Egon and uh, also uh, the fines that they need to pay. That's a known uh, story um, where uh, a model was uh, not uh, used for the purpose it was designed for and resulted in, as I said, uh, use of model for uh, different purpose and uh, thereby uh, there was uh, uh, marketing or was, uh, uh, you know, how do I say this, that 
it's not about finger pointing that it went wrong but it can that resulted in misrepresentation towards the clients and thereby uh, they had to pay fines to the uh, regulator now these kind of situation should be avoided absolutely absolutely now what are the components of a, a model risk management framework well, uh, a model risk management components are basically you need to have policies and documents uh, which are uh, applicable for your organization. You can always have policies uh, which make sense for your uh, business uh, that you do in. Uh, you need to then have a clear identification and assessment of models because you need to identify, you need to have a clear definition of how you have uh, identified slash classified these models because depending on the level of classification, uh, you are also defining the level of uh, workflow slash uh, life cycle management uh, or the MRM activities that are applicable for that uh, 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 for that model therefore you need to have a good uh, uh, clear uh, workflow and life cycle management defined um, and then we uh, as I mentioned that you need to have a model inventory which is also called by the regulator as model register which captures uh, model uh, attributes model information besides other uh, other things linked to a model which include the findings the action plans and uh, any model document that is relevant per workflow stage uh, last but not least an important component of MRM is the uh, model risk dashboard uh, because you need to have the reporting that uh, how the models uh, have uh, inherent risk or the residual risk and how does that aggregate for the overall organization Right. And you were talking uh, in your presentation a little bit about, you know, a lot of people just want to use Excel spreadsheets and yeah. why can't we just put them on Google Sheets? And right, is, can you speak to like wh wh why this involves a little bit more complexity? In, well, in this it process? involves more complexity indeed, because an Excel sheet does not allow you to manage each workflow step. It does not allow you that if suppose a model has been created, then all the documentation of that model is also saved in that Excel, including the data snapshots. Because if your data snapshots have not been saved at a good place, uh, which is easily traceable and linked to the model version that you have used, uh, you are never able to uh, prove the model outcome in case uh, the auditor comes to you and wants you to say, say how did you come up with that capital requirement when you don't uh, you can't even replicate your model outcome now excel doesn't allow you <laughs> to do that uh, and of course uh, I, I think you need to maintain model stakeholders you need to maintain model usages you need to maintain model documents you need to maintain model data you need to maintain findings and actions that are linked to that model now think about a 360 degree or three-dimensional four-dimensional five-dimensional things linked to a model how are you able to ensure that there is performance when you have uh, thousands of models in an organization 
come on, let's be pragmatic here. It's just impossible to have that performance from Excel or Access or any of those kind of tools. Right. We need we need more we need more uh, power here, and with the uh, while we are talking models to be developed by AI and machine learning, and we use an Excel to maintain information about the models. Uh, what are we talking about here? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so you use you use um, more powerful software to intersect. And a lot of people, you know, come at this from, from you know, different software backgrounds. Um, you know, some are using, you know, different software for these purposes. Um, you spoke a little bit in your presentation about the integration of all of these tools. Yeah. So what, what was, that was an answer to a question because what usually happens is that these models are not always developed in SaaS. Some of the latest uh, other uh, uh, languages like R and Python are, are also being used for uh, model uh, development. Now the question was, uh, can we also integrate uh, other environments which are used for creating models to provide the model specific information to SaaS MRM and uh, my answer was yes of course uh, SaaS MRM can also be linked to SaaS enterprise guide um, if the models have been developed in SaaS so that the model developer doesn't need to enter all the information about the model again to SaaS model risk management all the attributes that SaaS MRM needs from the uh, uh, um, from the enterprise guide, there's some basic model information or additional information can be provided. That linkage can be established. At the same time, if there is any other uh, tool or any other uh, interface that is being used for R or Python models, uh, uh, it is possible to link them to SaaS MRM. Uh, you can have a simple XML interface to provide the information that SaaS MRM needs so as to ensure that there is no rework at a model developer slash anybody to enter the same information. Another question that we th that you got that I thought was really interesting is if you could explain the difference between internal validation yeah, departments that was a good one too. and MRM. Yeah, because I think this is, a, as I said, this is also a constant... Uh, um, constant discussion currently because people think oh model validation or internal review is already checking the model for its uh, fit for purpose or whether it's a good model or not uh, then what is model risk management gonna do and the answer that I gave was uh, the validation only looks at the information that is provided by model development they don't look at the entire workflow that is linked to a model. Uh, as a model risk management needs to look at the entire process of linked to a model, starting from the conception of a model to the implement to the development, imp validation, implementation, until the time the model is retired. Now, validation is one step within the whole model life cycle. So MRM has, a, 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 I would say, an overarching role 
to uh, the entire model life cycle as compared to model validation. Okay. Is there anything else that you think that our audience should know? Like I said, they're, they're not all modelers. They come from all aspects of risk. What do you think is important for our audience to know about model risk what management? What I want to say to the audience is that model risk management is uh, not rocket science. Huh? You, we, we, the, 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 it's, it's, a, it's not very, it's basic things that you need to uh, cater for when you are developing anything. Now, it's just that. Uh, our, uh, you know, guys, they find uh, uh, developing a model more, uh, um, you know, flashy and in thing or something. And they forget that uh, doing these basic, uh, um, uh, how do you say, overall, uh, uh, it, it is a kind of bureaucracy, I would not deny that. But if you don't do that, Mm. Your your hard work in developing the model is lost, and it it it, lose, it loses the uh, rationale for which you wanted to build that model. So what I would want to say to the audience is that uh, we all the modelers come from a, a highly uh, educated. Most of them are PhDs or you know. Uh, and, and and then uh, how could and I'm also learning this. How could this basic workflow around the models has not been established in the industry? It's very uh, it's it's it's. Uh, I don't know how did that happen, <laughs> but it is time that we should uh, gather ourselves to ensure that uh, models are managed uh, properly. Models are uh, uh, are uh, uh, recorded well. The life cycle is maintained well. We get uh, more organized how we manage our models to help ourselves and to help our organizations. You know, sometimes I wonder, I think I, I think that the analogy that I would use is sometimes when people are focused on the calculus, they forget about the arithmetic. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's the thing, you know. It's, they're so much focused into the calculus and they just forget about the arithmetic. And, and it is so basic things, you know, even in your house, uh, let me put it this way, you would want to keep your things structured so that you can find them when you need them. This is not very difficult. If you keep things disorganized, you will never be able to find them. We all right. know that. And, and if, you, if, you use, if you use a fork as, as a hairbrush... Yeah. then you're bound to come onto some trouble. Um, so, you know, certain drugs are used for off-label purposes. If you use a aspirin as a Band-Aid, it's not going to work. If exactly. you use a model for the wrong math. I like your yeah. analogy that Thank if you. <laughs> you use aspirin, for outdated aspirin, then it's causing you more harm than your... Uh, you know, the usage that it was built for. Now, who is responsible for that? Is the person who developed aspirin or is the user who did not check whether the aspirin was outdated? Now, how do, how do you know that the aspirin was outdated is because it had that information captured somewhere. So you need to provide that information to help your users to use your model Correctly. Correctly. Yeah. 
and 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 that information gets lost during change of hands within various uh, departments within the organization so it is where if you are passionate about your models then please be passionate to also keep the information on the usage of your models so that it also passes through and then it is used for the purpose that it was developed for I love the that analogy. That is great. Thank you. That is really great advice. And I will leave you with that. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you talking with us today. And same here. I really appreciate you having me. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for joining us on the new age of risk analytics. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform to be notified of future episodes and visit sas.com slash risk for information on these and other risk topics.